When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who choose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are rejoined by my friend and yours, Steve Lambert. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing okay, sir. Thank you for asking. Uh, aside from some stomach issues, it's uh, it's great to be here with you live on Google Hangout. Um, <laughs> that joke did not fly nearly as well as I wanted it to. <laughs> uh, so, Steve, what are we talking about today, buddy? Today we are talking about the meaning of life and the best spaghetti recipes that we've ever tasted. <laughs> and, and, yeah, no. More home-related puns for the Spider-Man 3 movie. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, so, dear listener, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been... About three weeks from this, but on the time of us recording right now, it is just the day shy. Uh, Comic-Con just happened, and uh, it's interesting. The first two nights, nothing, no Marvel news whispered, nothing really coming out. And then they dropped a news bomb on Sunday night before they sent everybody home. And uh, they have announced Phase 4 in its, in its entirety. And Steve, there is a lot coming out. Stuff we knew, uh, some stuff we didn't know, some really cool and 80s titles, some wonky adventures potentially, and some excellent, excellent casting. Uh, so let's dive in. Steve, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I expected to, to see this at the San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con Marvel Studios panel, so I was kind of looking forward to reading the live live blogs that everyone was going to be doing of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I was uh, pumped, and uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's coming next. There's a lot of stuff that's been um, announced, and it's it's exciting. 2021 is going to be a big year <laughs> for, for Marvel stuff, both in the movies and the, uh, we had a lot of information about the Disney Plus stuff, too. Very, very true. I'm actually looking at the list in front of me of what they announced. At most, Marvel throughout the year generally releases a tops of three, maybe four or five, including a show, uh, a show or two. But for the most part, it's generally two or three movies a year, and that's it. But uh, that that's going to be the case next year, because in 2020, we're getting Black Widow, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then The Eternals. So two movies and a show. But then in 2021, oh, yeah. We're also getting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, the final season. Don't forget that. My apologies. I guess I forgot it like the, the directors and the people in the movie side do. Yeah. Like, not that it matters anymore. It, they, they were kind of loosely connected, and then all of a sudden they're like, when apparently when they made Endgame, they wouldn't tell the people making Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. what was happening in Endgame. So Avengers Endgame was just like, or I mean, said so that the, the uh, agents of Shield is like, well, we'll just tell our story, and so like it's should be taking place during the time when the snap has happened, but just nobody like addresses 
the fact that half of the universe has disappeared or whatever. It's just kind of like, no, we're just going to do our own thing. Which, if you think about it, Season 5 involved time travel, and the game, the end game rules of time travel would then mean that that probably takes place in a different reality now, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Anyway, that's my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plug, because I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's fair. That's fair. I want to get caught up on it at some point. There's uh, Mar- I'm, at, I'm really, 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 really behind on my Marvel shows. Um, I still have to finish Punisher Season 2. I ha- still have to watch Daredevil Season 3. Oh, Chris. Uh, to, to be honest, it's just there's been a lot going on at my work and in life. I just haven't felt like anything heavy. Um, I've just been visiting light stuff. Like, I'm slowly making my way through Fresh Prince because it's back on Netflix. Uh, it's legit just light filler stuff for me for a while. Except um, Jill and I are also, while we're waiting for new Young Justice episodes to drop, we're revisiting um, the outstanding Justice League cartoon. But that's still pretty light. It's great superhero stuff, but light. It's not stuff that's, like, heavy on your soul. Uh, but I do plan fully to finish well start watching uh daredevil season three but finish that uh watch jessica jones season three at some point because i loved season one didn't like season two uh punisher season two was outstanding i've got six episodes left um and i still want to finish umbrella academy anyways back to mcu phase four um yeah in 2021 we're getting uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I definitely want to talk about with you. Um, WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this it might be my favorite title. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, Loki on Disney+. Plus. Uh, then also we're getting What If, which I'm super excited by because I think that's a cartoon and that yeah. could be that could be a lot of fun. Um, then we're getting Hawkeye and they've confirmed Kate Bishop will be in the show. Yeah. And then uh, we are getting uh, in November, on November 5th, we're getting Thor 4, Love and Thunder, which will also feature Natalie Natalie Portman's return um, as Jane Foster, and she'll be, I believe, picking up Mjolnir, uh, Mjolnir, 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 as Earth's Thor, while Thor is off being an Asgardian of the galaxy. Um, We also have just no dates for him, but just the news coming out of Comic-Con, confirmed there is Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, um, which on a side note, I just watched the original Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, uh, yesterday, and it is a blast, easily DC's best movie. It's great. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that it's easily their best movie just because I've watched the stuff that has come before it. <laughs> Burn! Um, and then we also get uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then they announced uh, we're getting Blade starring... Um, I just can't pronounce his name, Steve. Yeah. Makers is it Makershala Ali or something? I'm I am terribly sorry, but he played Cottonmouth in a uh, in a uh, uh, friggin' Luke Cage. He's a terrific actor. Uh, the casting is outstanding. Mahershala. Um, Mahershala. Yep, Mahershala Ali. Sorry, my bad. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Like that's a great casting. Um, I know everybody's like, oh, I can't picture anybody but Wesley Snipes playing Blade. But let's be honest, that was never going to happen again. Um, 
so this is an interesting casting. And there was another one. I know I'm missing it because you you just told it to me. Right. Oh, yes. Fantastic Four. Um, finally a good one. So fourth tries the charm. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you count the one that never got released, I guess it's the fourth one, yeah. We're, yeah, no, we, we, we don't count the Roger Coleman ones, because um, they were never intended for release. Have you watched it? No, because it it's, looks terrible. It's more watchable than the most recent one. But, like, it looks like it was made by a bunch of nerds in their garage kind of thing. Like, it's really, really low budget and super cornball. Something they did just to keep the rights, I believe. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's crazy. They said we're never like we need to make a movie, and then they never wanted to release it. They just they just wanted to keep the rights. So like, and apparently the like the actors didn't even know that. Like it just, it's such a crazy story. But that'll be for another episode later. Um, and then also they're gonna they've announced that at some point the mutants will be coming in. Uh, so a lot of Marvel news came out in a short amount of time. Uh, it sent internet. Yeah. So what? One thing that I think we should say is that he he didn't say the word X Men, right? He just said mutants. Um, so I don't know if that was if that means anything. It could mean you know Deadpool. It could mean uh, a mutant will show up in one of the other movies, or it could mean you know another Wolverine standalone movie, or it could mean you know whatever. Like the it may not mean we're gonna get an X Men movie. Um, the other thing that I, I watched a like a brief interview that he did right after the sh- the performance or the presentation, uh, and he he actually said. The movies with the dates that he gave, so the two years, that's Phase 4. Everything else is after Phase 4. So Blade is not Phase... Like he, he specifically said Blade's not Phase 4. Um, and and he also said, you know, what he's given uh, with the dates is... Um, it's the entire Phase 4 as it stands right now, and things could still change. Uh, as it did last time, when they did that big Comic-Con announcement, and, and things got shuffled around a little bit. So my... my um, uh, suspicion with this is that uh, July 2021, we might get also a Spider-Man movie in there because he probably has to wait for Sony's, uh, you know, approval to announce those kind of things. Because there have been some rumors that they needed to make a billion dollars uh, for Sony to agree to do in the next one. That was part of the stipulations that after Spider-Man, the second one, uh, Far From Home, had to make a, and it's well on its way to making a billion in the three weeks that it's done. Um, so uh, I think he, he probably just doesn't have the right to make announcements about it until Sony's okay with that, which is kind of what happened last time too, right? So I, I assume there's going to be a Spider-Man movie in the, in, in two years because it's been every two years, um, and he just couldn't announce it yet. So yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting, and um, maybe Sony's playing hardball, but I don't think they. I, I hope they're not. Uh, I get why, because they're like, hey, we, we can do whatever we want this with this character. But let's be honest, Sony, outside of Into the Spider-Verse, uh, your handling of this character hasn't been good. So let's let, let, let's be a good partnership here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that they're specifying that the stuff afterwards is, uh, is not Phase 4. I did not, I didn't know that. Um... So it, it's even more the long game. Yeah, it's crazy too. Like you kind of wonder, like what is it? What is going to cap off Phase Four, right? Like Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. I keep wanting to say Blood and Thunder, which is a really crappy '90s Thor story. But 
<clears throat> it's Love and Thunder. Uh, like that seems like it's got to be a pretty big movie if it's going to be the capstone to Phase Four before they move on to other things. So I'm, I'm assuming some pretty crazy stuff's going to happen in that movie. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because as you look at this list, like for the most part, outside of Ant Man's the outlier. Um, Ant Man's the outlier, but the phases have are generally capped off by the Avengers movies. Um, Ant Man, like Ant Man, does the uh, here. Here's the you just had this huge big movie, and now here's this little one to kind of like settle your palate a little bit. Um, phase three being the exception to that because we had two Avengers movies, debatably three. Yeah, Civil War was a really good Avengers movie, uh, but. The other, like the other thing is Spider-Man: Far From Home did the same thing, right? As kind of the coda at the end of the phase. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, like, but as you're looking at Phase Four, what you're seeing is you're not seeing the big team-up movie. So now we're we're into interesting territory with this because even though they're like, hey, the shows are going to bleed into the movie continuity a lot more than they have before. What we don't have is the giant team-up movie. What we don't have is, like, as you look at Doctor Strange, you're like, okay, I can see Doctor Strange connecting with Thor. I can't necessarily see Doctor Strange going on a madcap adventure for an episode of Hawkeye. Um, maybe Doctor Strange can phase, can phase into uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend, potentially the Eternals, but... There's a lot of standalone stuff here, it looks like. Well, should we go through the list then and uh, just start talking about them in order? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, so, number kicking off Phase 4 next May is Black Widow, which is the movie that um, no one is surprised by. Because it's been, with some of these, you're like, well, we knew these were coming. Uh, it's been it's been talked about and reported well beyond the rumor stage for a while. Yeah. Uh, but the Black Widow one is going to be interesting because they're like, it is starring Scarlett Johansson. So if she's heavily featured in it, but we know she's dead coming out of uh, Endgame, then I think that more so solidifies the prequel idea, but not even like a prequel with a bit of a flashback, maybe. I mean, so Black Widow is probably the one that I'm the most excited about. It's the movie that I've wanted ever since she showed up in Iron Man 2, which she was by far the best part of that movie. Sorry, Iron Man 2 Electric Boogaloo. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, and she was by far the best part of that movie, and, and I, I've always thought she was a cool character, and ever since they started talking about Budapest, you know, I wanted to go back and see, uh, you know, that part of, of her history, and they hinted at it a little bit in um, Age of Ultron. Um, and so, from what I understand, what I read about the presentation at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, they showed some f footage and it had some flashbacks to the time of Age of Ultron, the time of Civil War, and then Budapest was in it as well. Um, and that, uh, like, they've they've also talked about how uh, Red Guardian's going to be in it, which if you know Black Widow's story from the comics, he was her husband from the Red Room in Russia who, in the comics, I think he died, but then he wasn't really dead, and then there's this whole drama around that, uh, as well as the second Black Widow as part of it as well. So it looks like we're going to get some of that kind of uh, Russian spy program, Red Room uh, stuff in there. So I'm really excited about that movie. I think it's going to be, hopefully Hawkeye will be in it. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. And I just, I'm super excited. And and the guy who plays Hopper from Stranger Things is in it as, as something, apparently, as well. 
There was there was a rumor that he was going to be Ben Grimm, but I don't think that's going to be true. Because he would make a good Ben Grimm. Uh, you know what? That would be very interesting, especially if they're doing the, the spy stuff. Because I think the last time we got any of that really in a Marvel movie was uh, Winter Soldier. So that was... Uh, we haven't really gotten that spy espionage-esque tone in quite some time. Uh, and the one time they really truly did it, they pulled it off in spades. So... That, that'll be interesting, and revisiting the various periods. That could be cool. Uh, you could end up seeing if Black Widow 2 is Black Widow going forward, if they're just kind of phasing out the idea of Black Widow. Um, if they're jumping back to Budapest, I have no doubt then that Jeremy Renner will be in, and they'll probably just use their excellent de-aging CGI uh, for him. Um, that one will be in... Yeah, no, I've got, I've got high hopes for that one. Um, and the main thing is, out of the movies... Widow, Strange, we'll do them in order, but Widow, Strange, and Thor are the only ones we we know. A lot of the other characters that we know and have gotten to know are getting shows. So in the fall of 2020, we're getting The Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, which I'm wondering if they're going to keep it called Falcon and Winter Soldier or if they'll eventually change it to Captain America and the Winter Soldier or how it's going to be. Where in the timeline is it going to be? Is Sam going to be Cap? Is this going to be them off on a different thing? I'm really curious about the show. Because um, they've got a great dynamic, those two together. They've got they've got great chemistry. Um, and there's a lot of interesting stories you could tell with these two characters. But I'm curious to see how, how they're going to go with it. Because I think with the number of the shows I've heard, some of them are going to be period pieces and taking place in different times or earlier in the timeline. So I'm looking forward to more details from that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a graphic of the show, uh, like the title card, that's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So um, maybe this is like the transition of him into becoming the Winter Soldier, or I mean, becoming uh, Captain America. But yeah, I don't know, they, they, they could always change it too. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm excited because it's, it's uh, been... <clears throat> reported that Daniel Brule's coming back as Baron Zemo and he's going to have a comic accurate costume so the weird purple mask thing uh and that uh Sharon Carter's going to be in it as well and so that's that's I mean I'm just excited it sounds like more uh of what made Civil War and uh, Winter Soldier great plus kind of the buddy cop hate love hate relationship between the two of them so that's cool uh and then up in November we've got the Eternals which um I'll be honest, I don't know much about the Eternals. And then when I heard the casting, I was like, what? Um, like, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not an Angelina Jolie fan by any means. Uh, so her being in the movie, I'm like, what? Where? All right. So uh, I'm going to, I got no real clue about these characters. So Steve, I'm going to hand this part over to you, man. Cool. I haven't read much Eternals. Um, I, uh, I've read, so there's a more recent series several more recent series, but one of them ones was written by um, Neil Gaiman. Uh, I read a little while ago, illustrated by John Romita Jr. It's a really cool book. Um, and then I went back and because like they've been talking about this, this is another one that wasn't really a surprise. Uh, Marvel Comics Unlimited, which I subscribed to, had like a spotlight on the Eternals a while back. And so Jack Kirby uh, wrote and draw the, drew this back in the 70s. Um, and so basically the idea is uh, there's this race of sort of semi-immortal beings that have been on Earth for a millennium, uh, and they're kind of the background behind all of the uh, god myths of, you know, um, 
So, for example, there's a really fast one who who goes by Mark Curry, and is and he's like Mercury, um, and so like different things like that. And then Cersei is one of them. So she became an Avenger in the comics for a while, but she's the one that turned uh, Jason and the Argonauts, some of the men, into pigs in that uh, um, the Iliad or one of those um, Homer stories. Um, so it's kind of kind of just like a Marvel's one of Marvel's uh, mythic type uh, things, sort of similar to. Thor or Hercules or all those other ones, uh, but it's also uh, really important because it's where Jack Kirby debuted the Celestials, which are the giant sort of space god, kind of kind of similar to Galactus-looking things, but they don't have faces. Um, and they, we've seen kind of glimpses of them in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, um, and I think maybe Thor, the Dark World. When they talk about they talked about the uh, Infinity Gems in a couple of the movies in, in the previous phases, and they showed pictures of them. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're they're gonna I'm sure be part of that because they're a big part of their their mythos. Uh, there's also the idea is that the the Celestials came to Earth and they seeded life on Earth and then experimented with it a little bit. Uh, and so you have the regular human race. Um, I think. Possibly mutants came out of that as well, maybe I can't remember. But also, but I know that the, the Eternals, and then there's another race called the Deviants, who were kind of like the opposite of the Eternals, where all the demon mythology comes from, um, and they live uh, in a sunken city that's sort of like Atlantis, but it's like Lemuria, the other the other sunken city. Um, so, uh, Endgame talked about some seismic activity under the under the ocean. And everyone sort of assumed that was uh, Namor, but it might actually be the Lemurians uh, for that as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of potential. And that's, this is going to be a, a really epic, grand movie. It, they, it's, you know, potentially we're going to go back into the prehistory of the Marvel Universe and, and look at all how all this kind of sort of came together and, and how it's going to affect uh, other things as well. All right, well, thank you for sharing that with me, Steve, because like I said, I had next to no idea about these guys. Um, that does make me a little bit more interested in the movie. Um, as you were talking about the underwater activity, I was like, oh, man, does this mean they're bringing Namor in? I'm just not a Namor guy. I've always preferred Aquaman. Um, he doesn't have weird wings on his feet, so I'm more in for that. <laughs> after So after the Eternals were on a four-month four break, uh, or four months and six days. <laughs> because then on February 12th, uh, after November 6th, we are getting uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And this is the one that I'm very interested in. Because with the Ten Rings, you're definitely seemingly hinting at the Mandarin. Um, which we've gone in numerous times into my intense dislike of Iron Man 3 and the wasting of the Mandarin and all that. And then... When Marvel was doing the one-shots, they did All Hail the King, where they hinted that there was an actual Mandarin out there. Um, but that was it. It was just almost like, okay, it's almost like this is an apology kind of thing, where it's like, all right, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's a real Mandarin out there. We're just never going to use him. Uh, but now he's being used. And I was saying to Jill when I found that out, I'm like, that's really interesting, but it's almost a shame because you primarily think of Mandarin as an Iron Man villain. Um, but there is no Iron Man now. So unless, unless Spider-Man full on becomes Iron Man in, in, uh, Home Alone 3, Tokyo Drift. Um, right. Um, the, the other, the other part of that that's really cool though is, is so 
the Mandarin, as he's presented in the comics, is kind of like this um, racist archetype of Asian villains, you know, from back in the day. Uh, and and so they didn't want to do that, which is why they kind of danced around it and weren't sure what to do with it. Why it's really cool that they're using in Shang-Chi is because Shang-Chi, his greatest villain is his father, who is another one of those sort of uh, Asian st- st- uh, stereotype, archetypal, racist uh, villains, and his name is Fu Manchu. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, like, Shang-Chi's whole story is that he finds out he's been trained to be an assassin and finds out his father's a criminal and he decides he doesn't want to be part of that and then he goes off to be noble or whatever. Uh, and so they kind of combine these two guys and hopefully they'll be able to do something with them a little, little bit more uh, good, right? Like, cause they, they've taken, they've kind of built up this idea of the Ten Rings organization. Uh, I mean, in the original Iron Man comics, the Mandarin literally was an Asian guy that found ten alien rings that shot like each one had different power now it's possible it still might do that because the uh the whole thing seems to be going very cosmic and multiversal in this phase so maybe it will end up being something similar to that um but yeah i'm excited to see kind of what they do with the mandarin as uh, potentially a stand-in i think for fu manchu um who like the the guy who created um Shang-Chi, I think his name is David Englehart, has said, I don't, like, don't, don't do that. Don't put Fu Manchu in a movie. He's, I shouldn't, like, it's not, it didn't age well, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, I'm interested to see what they do with that. I'm also, it's cool because the guy playing, I forget his name, but the guy playing uh, Shang-Chi was in um, Kim's Convenience, that Canadian comedy on C- CBC. He was the brother. Uh, so he's, it's, it'd be, like, very interesting to see him in a more serious role. Yeah, it'll be, um, yeah, like you said, it'll be interesting. I'm not familiar with that show or that actor, but um, mostly because I don't have cable. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, like I, my my. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with Mandarin, uh, just because like what they had set up before you got the twist in Iron Man three. I was like, that is an outstanding way to take a character that had all the unfortunate racist baggage that it did. And really flip it on, flip it on its head. It it worked. It made sense. But then they they set it up and did it for the joke. And I don't think they can do that now. Did you just say something good about Iron Man three? No, no, I did not. I said I was saying they looked like they were doing something good with the Mandarin, and then they threw it all away for a stupid joke. Like that, what they were setting up in the trailers for Mandarin looked outstanding. I was very excited by that. And then it was, nah, it's just a drunk British guy. And then you got, I am the Mandarin. And I hate that movie so much. Um, (laughs) That sounds more like you. Okay. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how they redeem the Mandarin, like go with the Mandarin now. But anyways. um, So then the next thing we've got coming up is uh, WandaVision which I'm still hoping is the wrong, the greatest rom-com we'll ever see, because I feel like it's got that potential. Um, but I believe I've been, I've heard that one's taking place in the fifties. So I don't know. Like it's, it's going to be interesting because visions dead, but this is also taking place in different times. So, well, so yeah, I mean, we heard that it, that it might take place in the fifties in terms of, we saw a picture that looked like it took place then. And there was kind of a hint about that. We don't know really at all what's going on in this movie, this TV show, um, at all. Like we haven't been given anything except for the fact that 
and this is kind of uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but it has been confirmed that Scarlet Witch is going to be in the uh, Doctor Strange movie, and that what happens to her in WandaVision is going to play into that. She'll be affected by this, and it'll, like, it's, it's not going to be like, you know, the other Netflix or, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. shows where, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, the, the Wanda that we saw in Endgame will have changed through the series and then be a different person or have, have grown or whatever in when she shows up in Doctor Strange. So that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that, and that's actually very interesting. I'm wondering if now, so I'll, I'll make a prediction. It, it might be wrong, but with Wanda, maybe they'll do almost a reverse House of M thing in Doctor Strange, where she, in House of M, uh, listener, if you've never read it, um, Wanda essentially kills off mutants, more or less. Like, she depowers thousands upon thousands of them. Because in the comics at that time, it was like, you couldn't do mutants or outcasts and all that anymore because they were like half the population. Freaking everybody had a mutant power. But then by the end of this, uh, by the end of House M, it was down to like 100, maybe 200 or less. 198, I think, yeah. Yeah, but then they slowly regained their powers, comic books. Um, but I'm wondering if that's, if when you're doing something like Doctor Strange... And Wanda, both insanely powerful people, and it's the multiverse of madness. Uh, there's a lot of M's in that title. <laughs> uh, it might be that might be the way to bring it. That could be the way to bring in the mutants. Like she, she inadvertently or they br- either bring in a mutant or create mutant powers amongst people. Uh, Doctor Strange Two, I'm really looking forward to because I really, really dug the first one. Uh, AKA structurally Iron Man one, but with magic, um, I really liked it. But then I think they, the visuals in Dr. Strange were outstanding, but then Dr. Strange got substantially more enjoyable in his brief role in Thor Ragnarok. And then his appearances in the last two, uh, Avengers films. So now it's, I think I'm and other people are more hyped now to see where he is now. Because it's not even you're not even watching the journey anymore to him becoming the the master sorcerer uh, sorcerer supreme. Um, you're he's there, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what threads they pick up uh, where uh, Baron Mordo comes in. Yeah, the other the other thing, like I don't know, this is sort of wild and out there, but I just rewatched Captain or um, Ant Man and the Wasp recently. And there's been a lot of connection between Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and the Wasp and the whole quantum other other dimension kind of thing. And probably in my least favorite part of that movie, when they pick up uh, Janet Van Dyne from the quantum realm, they pick, they get her back. Uh, she's she has new powers and she can like siphon. I don't know. She has some sort of healing quantum healing powers or whatever. And she says, you know, I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago, and it's more than just adaptation, it's evolution, right? And there is a version of Janet Van Dyne from the Ultimate Universe where she was a mutant. Um, and I, I wonder if that will tie into it. I've, I've seen some, I saw some rumors about that when it first came out, like came out maybe this is the backdoor to mutants. Um, so that might tie into it as well. I, I don't know, but it's a, it's a thought. Yeah, that one will be a... They've got a lot of room to do stuff with the mutants, and it's really interesting. I I applaud Marvel for not just diving right into it. Um, When there's definitely a lot of pressure to, I know, as I said on on 
a podcast episode recently, as I was watching Dark Phoenix, I'm just like, I can't wait for Marvel to have these characters because they need a home run. Um, but I applaud them for not just jumping, uh, jumping right into it. So after Doctor Strange, we have the Loki show, um, which Tom Hiddleston's in, friggin' A. Um, again, we don't have many details about these shows, and which is fair, because a number of them are two years out. Uh, we'll get more information as they come, but I'm curious to see when this is going to take place, how this is going to take place. Is it before Loki died? Does it involve potential alternate Loki that we saw from Endgame, like zip-zapping around? Yeah, they, they did, I think, confirm that it's going to be that Loki, the, the one that escaped with the Tesseract. Um, so, I, I just just reading some of those live blogs, I think I think I saw that comment in there. So, You clearly did a lot more homework for this than I did. Uh, I just kind of, I followed the news as it was dropping on Instagram, and I was like, what? Um, we pause Young Justice or and or Justice League every couple minutes uh, just to be like, look at this! Um, Alright, so then the one after that uh, is the one that's going to have the least barring on continuity, but the one I'm it's up there in my excitement levels just because of the absurdity factor that could be so much fun. Uh, Marvel What If, um, which I'm not sh- I feel like this one out of all of them might not have the wide audience appeal because of the lack of continuity, but for longtime fans, I think this one will definitely be a crowd pleaser, especially with it being, uh, being animated. Yeah, and I think I think what's interesting about it, like I I thought that it wasn't going to be an MCU show when I first heard about it. Like they, again, th- these things aren't they're being confirmed, but they've been talked about for a while. Um, so I was interested to see that it is part of the MCU, uh, and the fact that it's coming out, you know, close to the Doctor Strange multi in the multiverse of madness uh, makes me wonder if there's going to be a connection there a- at all. Um, you know, they they did talk about how it's going to have the Watcher uh, as like you know. Just like the old "What If" comics, the, the "What If" comics. In case you're not sure, you have, you don't know what they are. Listener is comics that they used to do in the '70s, and they've done them a couple times where they, the Watcher would say, "Hey, there's many different universes out there that are very similar to our own, but with small differences." So here's one where Uncle Ben lived, and here's one where, um, you know, Flash Thompson got bit by the spider, and here's one where, you know. I don't know. All I can think of are Spider-Man examples. Here's one where Spider-Man had a daughter, which led into the Spider-Girl. They uh, so it's going to have, I think, a similar format to that. With there's a the the Watcher is going to introduce these alternate timelines. There's been um, teases of Marvel zombies in there. Um, Captain Britain, and who's also a very multiversal character, uh, and different things like that. So yeah, uh, that'll be very interesting. Yeah, um, and I think the way you can tie it into the MCU is. It could easily be like the Watcher being like, well, what if this happened? And then you get the voice actors, like the, the voices are ba- like actors who have played the characters or something. Um, and then you like you make the cartoon characters look like they did in the movie where it's tied into there where it's like, hey, it's based on MCU continuity, but it doesn't influence MCU continuity. Um, that one I've got. Yeah, that one I'm very, very excited for. Because the absurd factor could be quite entertaining. Um, after that, we've got Hawkeye coming in fall 2021. Uh, like we said, it's also going to introduce Kate Bishop, which um, it's going to be interesting to see how the show, 
how the shows inform the movies because Phase 5 is looking quite small in comparison to Phase 4. So maybe Phase 5 will have some fallout from these shows. Because even as you said earlier, WandaVision will impact Wanda when she's in Doctor Strange. So maybe Hawkeye, going forward, Kate Bishop will show up in uh, in the movies proper. Right, and there's been that there's been all that uh, speculation about a young Avengers uh, being set up. So Kate Bishop is in it, and then Cassie Lang is a teenager now. And she's a uh, stature in the in the comics, and she's one of the young Avengers. Um, there's that kid from Iron Man three who was at the funeral uh, of of Tony Stark. Spoilers, uh, and uh, you know he might be a stand-in for Iron Lad, although. That's not who he was in the comics, but like, so there's, there's a potential that I could lead somewhere uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's going to be really interesting to see what Marvel does going, uh, I almost said phase forward, but I meant going forward. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then the final thing that we alluded to earlier, that's wrapping up phase four is Thor Four: love and thunder, which is just such an odd but i feel like 80s title um taiko waititi is returning to direct um so you're getting the winning team from thor ragnarok back so it'll be uh it'll be really interesting to see what happens with with that one yeah and i mean like i I wonder if it's gonna have chris hemsworth in it like is he is he even gonna be in the movie because he might be yeah yeah it it, it's announced he's in oh is it okay yeah I, i hadn't seen that uh yeah, like so. Have you read the Jason Aaron run where where um, Jane Foster becomes Thor? No, no, I haven't gotten there yet, but I've heard really good things. Yeah, like I've I've read some of it. I'm I'm still working my way through it, and I really enjoy it. Like I, I think it's really interesting. In the comics, uh, there's there's a story called um, oh I forget Original Sin where uh, somebody steals the eyes of the Watcher and knows these secrets, and it's kind of just turned into all these, a bunch of really dumb tie-ins that had very little impact. Um, but in that, uh, Nick Fury ends up fighting all these ba- all the vil- um, heroes, and he whispers something to Thor, and when Thor hears what he whispers, he loses. He's unworthy. He can't lift Mjolnir anymore. Uh, and so Mjolnir is just sitting on the moon, and then all of a sudden this woman picks it up, and you don't know who it is, and uh, it turns out it's Jane Foster who has... Uh, she's been established in the recent comics so that she's dying of cancer. Uh, and so she's trying to go through chemo, but every time she picks up Mjolnir, it burns all the chemo out of her, and she has to start over again. So it's like, well, I can save people's lives, or I can try and save my own. Uh, and it's really, really interesting, and there's a whole other, a lot of stuff. That Jason Aaron's done a really good job of writing that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think I think it'll be really, really interesting. It's good to see Natalie Portman back. I think she was done because she's like, I just don't want to be the love interest anymore, but they've given her something that she can really sink her teeth into uh, with that. And Valkyrie's going to be a big part of it as well. And, and yeah, we'll just see. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what it's all going to be about. Yeah, uh, my my only slight disappointment out of out of the announcement of Natalie Portman being in ha- actually has nothing to do with Natalie Portman. I like her as an actress. Um, Jane Foster coming in as Thor could be quite interesting. Um, I'm wondering if after this we're going to have no um, Odin's son going forward, but maybe he'll be in as Guardians instead, or in Guardians, I should say, instead. But the reason I'm saying I'm disappointed is because there was a rumor, uh, like a number of rumors going around being like, 
Tycho really wanted to work in Better Way Build to the last one, and he couldn't. So, But now I'm like, oh man, but if you got Thor Odinson plus Valkyrie plus Jane Foster Thor having Stormbreaker slash Better Ray Bill in there, and if it if it's Better Ray Bill, I want friggin' proper Stormbreaker, not Axe Stormbreaker. Um, I, I can see that being the giving point. Uh, so... It's gonna be. I, I feel like it's gonna be almost even longer before we get um, friggin' better rebuild. Which I, I love that guy, so a little bit disappointed. Um, so that that is it for Phase Four. Uh, like we said, there is still the other upcoming movies, but it sounds like Phase Five, um, where it's gonna be Captain Marvel two, Black Panther two, Guardians three, uh, Fantastic Four. And something more with the mutants. But as we've talked about, there's a number of ways you could get the mutants in through phase four. Um, what I'm curious to see is phases one through three, even though they were distinct, they had an overall tie-in. Like Thanos was the tie-in. Are we going to get that going forward? Is there, Or is it going to be each phase is kind of succinct? Is it go? Are we going to get another buildup? Like, will there be another Infinity Saga esque thing? Yeah, I mean, there could be. Uh, I read something on, I think maybe CBR today about maybe it'll be something like Annihilation, right? There's been there's been clues that maybe we'll get some Nova in, in Guardians Three, um, and Adam Warlock is set up in Guardians Two, and um, so there's a whole Annihilation Saga that was written in the early 2000s that was really good about Annihilus coming from the negative zone with his whole like. Uh, uh, wave of bugs that, to take out the universe kind of thing. Uh, so that could be really interesting. I mean, I, I feel like Fantastic Four could be the... Like, instead of Avengers, we have this this movie, right? Where like I, It could be the, 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 the capstone. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I feel like it, it, there's just so much potential there. Um, we, even without drawing from the same wells of Galactus and Doctor Doom... Um, the the other interesting thing about it too is you know Blade sound like you do a Blade movie that shouldn't be like a that should be a darker movie than what we've gotten um, we should like if we get a Blade movie that should be darker than some of the stuff that we've gotten before um, but they've also said that the Doctor Strange movie is going to be the first scary one in the uh, in the MCU and um, is it it's going to be like a like a PG thirteen kind of horror type thing so. It'd be interesting to see, you know, how far down that well they go with Doctor Strange, and then if if uh, where Blade is with it as well. I don't think we'll get an R-rated movie with Blade, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be like light and jokey like Spider-Man or Iron Man. Yeah, it's um. Here's the really interesting thing, because they, even though they didn't announce anything, say with Deadpool, um, they have previously announced like Deadpool is going to be in the MCU. Ryan Reynolds is going over. Bob Iger's even said like we're gonna, like we're gonna keep him R. So the curious thing will be to see is the MCU proper going to venture into this territory? Because Blade is a character that, uh, like I've said numerous times, Deadpool can be PG thirteen. He is in the comics. If he shows up in a Spider Man movie, he would be PG thirteen. Spider Man would not be rated R. Blah blah blah. Blade is a similar character where with him being a vampire hunter and it's it's a very dark book uh, or it can be and it, it can be dark subject matter 
it lends itself to an R rating uh, with all the blood and stuff. But how how far can they go with a PG thirteen? It'll be it'll be interesting to see what they try. Yeah, I was joking with some friends about you know uh, because Maharshala Ali is playing him and he played Cottonmouth and uh, uh, Luke Cage that they could uh, combine the two characters and uh, and have a, a, a more soft uh, origin. So the origin of Blade in the comics is that his mother was bitten by a vampire while he was um, she was pregnant with him, and so he's born with all the strengths of a vampire, but none of the weaknesses except that he wants to drink human blood. Uh, and so he goes to try and find the vampire that killed his mother. Or, or so like that's pretty dark. But what if it was just Cottonmouth is in his office reading Twilight when his sister comes in and throws him out of the window, uh, and he lands on a half a half finished Bloody Mary on the bar. Uh, and so because he dies like that, he comes back as a vampire. But he was Team Jacob, and he's a glass half full kind of or glass half empty kind of guy. So instead of becoming joining the vampires, he decides to hunt him. And that's just you know more light friendly, uh, family friendly kind of kind of story. And and it, and it keeps the continuity together, and uh, you know everyone's happy. Everyone's happy, except that the interview I saw with Foggy, he said no, there's no connection. <laughs> Someone like legitimately asked him, is there a connection between Cottonmouth and, and Blade? And he's like no. Just like that no. Netflix doesn't count. Uh, that might be the best potential origin I've heard. Um, I demand it, Feige. It, it must happen. Um, <laughs> just... In the What If show. Yeah, in the What If show. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm really interested to see where they go um, with Fantastic Four when they do bust it out. Um, I hope they don't jump straight to to Doom or Galactus. But let's be honest. We need friggin' Doom. We need friggin' Galactus. Do them right. Bring them in. Because Doom is an Avengers-level villain by himself. Or he can be. He, uh, You and I have also talked about it. He would be great as a, a villain for a Doctor Strange. Um, heck, coming off of Spider-Man, if they hadn't killed Mysterio, if the, and if they don't figure out a way to be like he's still around, Mysterio could be an interesting character as like a subservient. If they ever do like a... A Marvel version of... Oh, well, well, they did. I was about to say Legion of Doom. The Sinister Six. Um, <laughs> if they ever bring him back, visually he'd be interesting up against the Doctor Strange. Just personal thought. Um, but Galactus, to me, seems like a big obvious guy for one of these phases going forward. Um, the only wish I have with that is that Squirrel Girl defeats him by showing him a planet that is filled entirely of, of nuts. So he doesn't have to eat Earth, as she did in one of the unbeatable Squirrel Girl comics, and it was hilarious. Uh, tell you, Steve, Squirrel Girl's awesome. Give her a shot. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, that about does it, man. Yeah, it does. Awesome. All right, well, Steve, thank you for joining us and uh, explaining some things that... Um, well, heck, I didn't know. Um, and also sharing your thoughts. I always, always appreciate it. Um, dear listener, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of One Cross Radio and that uh, you got some enjoyment about out of listening to me and Steve. Uh, Steve, any final thoughts? Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. We talked this one out. I'm always happy to come and mansplain about comics, though. <laughs> all right well dear listener thank you for listening hope you enjoyed uh please keep both steve and i in your prayers and uh thank you for listening and supporting the show have a wonderful day and god bless my friends take care see ya peace